That was a little quiet. Sorry about that. Hello, everyone. Uh, I'm a little rusty. <laughs> and welcome. No, I'm, I'm not rusty. I'm Brian. And welcome to the Space Game Junkie Pug. I'm already screwing up, you guys. Just just fell off stop, the horse. Stop interrupting yourself. Stop I'm interrupting <laughs> Welcome to the Space Game Junkie Podcast. <laughs> I, as always, am your co-host Hunter, and joining me, as always, is your co-host Brian. Hi! <laughs> and our co-host Jim. Yeah, I've been listening to, like, my Prince CDs, man. I'm really into this helium rain. Purple, <laughs> purple rain. I don't know. It's something. That's, it's what, we, that's what we have on the stream, actually. That's the, that's because it's such a surprise. Uh, to you know, me. helium rain. It's it's weird because everybody talks like Munchkins. Oh my god! Got, like, and your co-host Spaz. <laughs> Hello. <laughs> we are back after a short hiatus. I want to thank everyone for your patience. I hope you enjoyed the uh, reruns that we uh, chose to play. Uh, some of our favorite episodes. That uh, that um, the one about Artemis is still. Remember that one, Jim? That one still blows me away. That one, like, oh, the, yes. that that one's like our biggest record scratch of all like two hundred plus episodes we've done. <laughs> yeah, we're like twenty minutes in, and then it's the sound of squealing tires. <laughs> hey, wait, wait a second! You worked on the secret of Vulcan Fury. Forget Artemis. We need to talk about this. Oh my god! <laughs> you know, so, I I do regret that we never got to play Artemis with the guy because that would have been cool. Was his name Tom? Yeah, I believe it's Tom. Artemis, yeah, I've I've never really played Artemis, honestly. Well, that's a problem. I yeah. own it. I think you can play it. Well, uh, even if you can only play it on the LAN, we can still play it on the LAN, right? Right. We have a LAN. I wonder why we long LAN. I wonder why we've never done that. Like it's like never come Quintet up. bias. Yeah. <laughs> Probably. Pulp. Quintet and Pulsar, I think, took took our time. Yeah. Well, the pl- other thing with uh, with Artemis is you can't really play it alone, which is unfortunate, but that's the way it is. That's you know, true. You know, I did one time though, like because I've got this multi monitor set up. I uh, I fired up multiple clients on my machine and tried to like run everything. It's, oh no, it's not easy. <laughs> Hunter's fucking botting uh, botting Artemis. That's <laughs> you, you can tell you're like a dedicated Eve player. Because it's like I'll bot anything. I run I run five instances of Word whenever I'm typing a document. Jesus, what? <laughs> well, uh, folks, yeah, we took a couple weeks off. Uh, needed a vacation and other reasons. Um, so we're back. Happy to be back. We did try to get a guest tonight, but it just didn't work out. Uh, so we thought we kind of have a loosey goosey show. Try and get back into the swing of things after being off for a couple weeks. So uh, I wanted to talk to you guys about what you've been playing uh, over the hiatus. Jim, let's start with you. Uh, I I can probably guess the the game you're going to mention, but just hit us. What, do, what what have you been playing lately? Like over the last couple weeks? Well, I've been playing a lot of Warhammer. Uh, Total War. Total War. Yeah, I'm yeah. terrible at. I'm totally total loser. Oh, oh, it's so I can. Yeah, I can. I can do. And so what I ended up doing, I was just like, oh, God, this game. Right. So it's like, okay, I'll I'll reinstall Total War Attila and see if I can figure it out there. Oh, God, no, I'm just as bad with Attila. So on the battlefield, I'm great. 
it's fine. Like I understand the whole rock, paper, scissors of, you know, spears and cavalry and swords and stuff that that's cool. Whenever you're on the economic map and you're dealing with like territories and like how many, how many people in what army are you going to leave in what town to defend it? And what kind of like peace treaties are you going to get with the neighbors and stuff? And it's like, I played a lot of civilization. I played a lot of four X games. I am just completely shit at this game. Yeah, I I just wow. I don't know what the deal is. And, but then yeah. I watch people on YouTube play it, and they're just like, "That's trivial," <laughs> you know. And it's like, "What are you doing?" <laughs> you know, we should we should actually try and fire up a game of of a total war of something because uh, I've actually they- managed to suffer through. <laughs> um, well, no, I've done I've done the original Shogun and the original Medieval uh, Total War, and I've played through all of Shogun Two Total War. And a good chunk of like the so like I'm I'm pretty familiar with how a lot of that those mechanics and like work and like what to look for. Yeah, so. I remember back when we tried to play Attila, right? It was it was like uh, we we took the the Norse or the yeah I think it was, um, and we were trying to make a go of it because they were like the two smallest factions. So it's just like we'll just sit up here and mind our own business and you know kind of trade like salt and stuff with each other, and uh, we. Yeah, but we didn't finish. Like it's because yeah. it's time consuming. It is very time consuming. Yeah, it's what what I've taken to doing though is like if if I'm just going to win the battle, I just auto resolve it, just get it over with. I know the meat of the game is to play the battles out, but you know I'm just I'm trying to get the economy figured out. So it's kind of like the battles are in the way of like I just want to play it like yeah, four X. I, I actually. Bit. I'm actually with you. I prefer the turn-based stuff to the real-time stuff. I mean, I love them both, but... Yeah. Well, you know, it's like... And I watch people on YouTube, and whenever they're showing, like, all these majestic battle scenes, and, you know, and they're just, like, zoomed in, and the horses are thundering by, and it's beautiful and everything. And, yeah, so they're they're showing, like, replays in in slow-mo with the camera, like, locked to a unit or whatever. It's almost... um, that game, what it needs in the replays is it needs a smart replay director, much like the Forza car games have, where it's just like, hey, I'm going to watch a replay. And then it goes through all of its cinematic cameras on its own. Like whatever camera would best show off the bling right now, we're going to do it. And I think that that game definitely needs a cinematic thing, right? Because it's like, well, you know, whenever the whenever the horses come crashing into the to the swordsman, it should cut over there. Right. And of course, in the replay, not when I'm trying to actually play the game, but whenever you're playing it, it's like you're zoomed out and, and you're just like directing ants that are, <laughs> that are running around. And uh, but it, but through playing like tens of hours of it, I've I've actually gotten pretty good at at micromanaging my little dudes. Um, not so bad. There's a lot of like keyboard tricks that you have to kind of learn. Um, and then, of course, there's active pause, too. But um, I've kind of gotten over needing that. But yeah. So pretty cool. Um, and then uh, I installed, uh, because I've been playing so much Total War Warhammer, um, I installed uh, Chaos March from like 2003 yeah. and screwing around yeah. with that. Dude, that game is Total War Warhammer from 2003, really? straight up. Except, except the campaign is not like a big 4X map where you do what you want. It's linear. You know, you go from battle one to battle two to battle three. And sometimes there's a branch, you know, it's like you can take a little optional battle off to the side, but it's a very linear campaign. You know, it's like this, this is 10 battles long, this chapter. Right. And, uh, 
and it's just like attrition, right? Like don't get your dudes killed because the guys you start with are the guys you finish with. And you might like be able to recruit some units along the way. But if you, if you get a unit killed, they could just be gone. You know, it's, it's not like, Oh, I lost all my bows that battle. I'll, I'll go hire some, some new, Nope. You play the rest of the game with no archers. So don't lose them. <laughs> As I found out in the first battle, when my wizard got killed, oh, it, it was like, Oh, let's restart. Cause I, that's the only wizard I could get. Um, but it's, it's happy enough to kill. It's like game of Thrones. It's like, Oh, sorry. Killed your wizard. <laughs> even though he's a, a key character you know we we weren't shy about killing him so deal with it i'm I'm pretty sure that george martin actually wrote this game i don't know what was that one really uh difficult warhammer game that's reminding me of that in Shadow like the, of the 90s Rat. no that that the one after that oh that one was great too but what's the dark something dark omen that was it this oh, that's yeah yeah, that's that was like full of Shadow of the Horned Rat. It was Dark Omen, I think. Yeah, that was the follow up to Shadow of the Horned Rat, and they were both yeah. so like brutal. If you didn't, if you didn't get enough abuse from the first one, <laughs> exactly. The second one, yeah, I played Dark Omen first, and then went back to Shadow of the Horned Rat, and that was a mistake. Eh, it was, but I, you know, I don't know. <laughs> I got into strategy games kind of late, uh, but yeah, I I also read that. Uh, with Total Warhammer, the new one is going to link up with the uh, original one? Yeah, so that's the thing that I found out today um, because I have been very curious. And, you know, I think that you and I are the only people on Earth that don't have the damn game yet because it's like you turn on YouTube and there's 500 people that are like, hey, look at my Warhammer 2 campaign. And, and it's like, okay, um, I feel like I have not now. <laughs> Yeah, you would have thought that the game released last month. So many freaking YouTubers have that thing. So, but hey, good marketing on their part, right? I mean, they're saturating YouTube with it. Um, but yeah, it's uh, it's interesting. Um, I was very curious because I'm watching all these YouTubers play this thing, and it's the new campaign, and it's like, well, you got your high elves, and you got your dark elves, and you got lizard men, and uh, the Skaven, right? Skaven are going to be assholes, man. I'm not. I'm not looking. They're for assholes in Skaven. any game. They're always yeah, they're, assholes. They're they're just they're bastards, right? Even when you're uh, playing if, them, any, they're assholes. <laughs> oh, if if any unit is going to be super OP, it's going to be Skaven. I just I guarantee it because um, they've got all the weird toys, and it's probably hard to balance that. But anyway, um, yeah. So I'm looking at that and and it's it's an interesting setting because it's like this ring of islands and then there's like a big warp vortex in the middle and it's apparently like the vortex that's sucking all the chaos out of the world or something so they of course chaos wants to come in there and screw that up right and the, you know different people have different agendas about this vortex so they're all fighting over it and and it's like okay well that's the high elves and stuff but um in the tabletop game though it was like the high elves and the empire fought each other and stuff. So how do we do that? And well, what it turns out is they've, whenever you own both games, they link together and you get one big map. And they, they said that the original Warhammer one map is completely untouched. And then they bolt the other map to the side of it. But the other map is like way bigger. So they said they had to kind of like twist it a little bit to make it fit with the other one. And it's just kind of like, uh, okay. 
you know? Um, but they, they, apparently there was like some coastal places that they had to lose to fit them together or something, but mm. you know, apparently no real important factions down there or something, but yeah, I don't know. I, I just think it'll be, it'll be neat to have like the, the vampire counts go like roll over the night, uh, you know, the, the uh, high elves. Yeah, I might. Cool. I may need to get this this second one now because I've played the first one a bit and I really like it, but I'm terrible at it. So I'm like, I don't want to go back because it's just going to kill me again. Uh, but it's very good, and and the yeah. fact that they're mixing the two together that's more games should do things like that. That's oh yeah, because it's it's just gonna idea. well well that's the thing we were talking before the show about how people release DLCs and stuff and they split their community. Well, mm-hmm. here they're not. Right. So, so it's just like, Hey, I've only got Warhammer one, but you've got Warhammer two. Okay. Well, you know what? My dwarves can fight your, your high elves. Fine. Not a problem. That's pretty so, great. Yeah. That's pretty great. So uh Hunter, what about you? What have you been playing? Well, uh, man, it's been weird, right? Cause what was it, like June through now? It's been kind of an awkward summer, I think, for me had, at least. Yeah, you had that big move, you had that huge move. Right, I had I had the big move, and then I was talking to Jim and Spaz about this earlier. There's just been like a, a lot of heavy workload at work, and since I'm the, like the sole IT guy, we we occasionally have some contractors come in and assist me with big projects. But I've been running around doing all kinds of work with that, so it's been kind of hindering my my hobbies, right? Like, you know, it's just kind of like, I don't really <laughs> have time for those. Cause you know, you got to adult sometimes, right? I hate adulting. I know. It's the but you got to do it. <laughs> you got to do it. Um, and so I've been just casually playing stuff really more for me and stuff, really engaging with like gaming communities. So, uh, the remaster for Starcraft came out. So I've been playing a bunch of that. Um, which is actually kind of cool how it works. You know, you just hit F5 and it like t- takes off all of the the new stuff and it's like you're playing old school StarCraft again. Um, I've been playing a lot of StarCraft 2 actually. Turns out one of my roommates uh, also plays StarCraft 2. So I'm just like, wow, we can land party it up in the house and play some StarCraft. So that's been fun. Been been playing both of those. Um, playing a little No Man's Sky now. The, the new content's out for it. Uh, I've been uh, casually enjoying that. And Has your opinion uh, improved on the game at all? Well, I, I think I think really what it is for me, I think the sting of like the way it all kind of got fudged up has gone away. If you if you understand what I'm trying to say, sure, sure. Time has uh, time has healed that wound, right? Well, for for me at least, right? Let me interrupt for a sec, because you guys are starting to robot, so we might want to switch the channel on Discord. Oh, really? Okay, hang on. Yep. Folks, sometimes uh, we get robotic because Discord likes to have a hiccup, so I'm just going to switch servers. One second. Yeah, because you were talking to Hunter, and then... You went full Robocop. <laughs> Drop uh, it. How do I sound? It should be You're back. You're fine now. All right. Well, um, what was I saying? I can't even remember what I was saying. Uh, oh, right, right. So No Man's Sky. So yes. 
like the whole the whole because it happened a year ago, right? Because it was like August of last year the game came out, and it was just kind of like a big letdown with everything. So more than anything, I think like just kind of getting over like the stupidity of that and just letting letting the game kind of uh, sit for a while. They've had a few content upgrades or I guess uh, um, expansions, more or less free DLC add-ons, that kind of thing. And then this latest one added a whole bunch of stuff. Um, And so for what it is, I've actually been enjoying it, especially with some of the new stuff that they've added. It's really given the game a lot more variety in my thing, in my opinion, because there's like a whole new like economy thing you can do. It's still, uh, it's still a very simplistic game. It's not overly complicated. Um, So I've been enjoying that. Been playing uh, Eve still. Uh, dabbled in. I guess there was like a couple of weeks I was playing a lot of pub, PUBG player in battlegrounds. All right, and uh, I started up on Conan Exiles because I got a key for that, so I started playing a little bit of that. Now that's an interesting game because I really like the lore and the backstory of Conan. Um, and I, I'm getting kind of frustrated playing Conan Exiles because it, it like, it's forcing me to be a survival crafter and I kind of want to like explore and like live in this world of Conan rather than trying to just survive. Do you want to Skyrim it instead of like, arc? right, exactly, exactly. So that's kind of the frustration I'm, I'm dealing with because Conan Exiles, I think is using the same engine as Ark. And um, it's that same kind of game, really, except for there's no dinosaurs. Which really is uh, an omission, <laughs> honestly, because I'm playing Conan and I'm just like, man, I wish I had a dinosaur. Because <laughs> I, <laughs> I got like big back into art because Joan jumped back into it. right? And uh, what, what the trigger was for that is that Dark and Light came out and it's it's very much the same engine as as Ark. Like they took, the, it's like a fork of Ark. It's a, it's a total conversion of Ark. So there's, from what they say, none of the assets are the same, but so many of the systems are virtually identical. It's like if you've played Ark, you can jump in this game and you know what you're doing, right? So like the, you know, the key bindings are all the same and stuff, except instead of dinosaurs, you have unicorns and dragons and shit. So it's, it's like Lord of the Ark. But, you know, but it's very early. Um, but I think it's it's interesting, though, that it came out and it, it at, at EA launch supposedly has as much content in it as Arc does now at release. So it'll be very interesting to see where these guys go with that. Um, but anyway, so we were watching all these videos of that and I'm just like, I want to get into that. But, you know, we still got Arc. I got the Arc server. We need to get back onto that. So we jumped in there and, and Joan just went like full nuts on building stuff and well it's like it's got that new map though i mean that new map i think really makes a difference yeah that new map is awesome actually and then i put some mods in there like quality of life stuff like platforms plus pillars plus um you know where you can just build stuff and then i was looking at uh ecos mods which are gorgeous um and it's just like you know oh i want to i want a bearskin rug for my floor i want a fireplace that doesn't look like shit um I, oh, I have a throne with skulls on it. You know, it, it's like, okay, so it's it's not really anything that affects gameplay. It's just aesthetics, and then you can, like, dress up your house 
or, you know, play Sims or whatever. But, and Joan looked at me weird. Like when I stuck all that stuff on there, I'm like, Hey man, if I got to be in here, I might as well like have us have a throne with skulls on it. So, <laughs> you know, cause being me. Um, but yeah, so she God, so many dinosaurs and Dan's been in there building stuff and, and that. And <laughs> you put a, tell, tell him what you put in his house. <laughs> so they have a mod. It's called the golden poo. And it, it is a giant golden poop, you know, the, the emoji for poop. Um, it's, it's a poop emoji about as big as an elephant. And I crammed it in his house, <laughs> dropped it. And it's like right in front. It's like you open the door and it's like this grinning poop emoji, like staring <laughs> you in the face. And, and I didn't tell him it was there, you know, and he didn't notice the mod when it loaded. Cause it's really small. And then I was just waiting for him to open the door. And, and I knew when he did, cause he was like, Oh my God, you know, <laughs> it's like Dan opened his door. Joan about fell out of her chair laughing. Oh God. That's awesome. Yeah. And what's, what's really great is it, it also works as a chest. It's like a large storage box. So we ended up putting it over next to the animal pens and, and it's actually the poop box. Now that's what that's we store all our, but, but uh, it was hilarious because as the admin, I could put it there. Dan was powerless to move it. So if I wanted to just permanently like put a giant poop on top of his house, he just could never move it. So, you know, it's just like deal with it because that's what it was made for. It was made as like a, a thing for admins. You know, if, if players were shitty, they could, they could like curse their tribe with the golden poop. (laughs) (laughs) It's like, don't be a douche on my server or I'm going to drop the golden poop in the middle of your town. But uh, to to wrap up me, I'm I'm more or less waiting for certain games to come out more than anything. Um, I'm waiting for the new uh, Sonic game to come out, Sonic Mania. I've been seeing a lot about that, and it's just straight up old school Sonic. So I'm just, that. it is out, but I'm waiting for the PC version to come out. The PC version doesn't come out until the 29th. Ooh. Okay, and so- that's then. And I've got it. I had it pre-ordered through, I think, like a Humble Bundle. Oh, yeah, it was Humble Bundle. Was doing a thing with Sonic games, and one of the things you could get on one of the tiers was a pre-order thing for it. But since the game doesn't come out on the 29th, Humble Bundle is not going to give me a key until then. Uh, when did Sonic Generations come out? Because that's not bad either. And I, I got them confused. I thought Generations was the name. Uh, Generations. I'm going to their store page. Right now. Uh, 2011. Wow. Okay. It's, I was wrong. Yeah, it's been a minute. <laughs> but it but Generations actually kind of reminds me of old school Sonic as opposed In what to way? like um I don't know just the, the because it's side scrolling and it's fast and the levels are kind of uh, like it, at least the first two levels are very reminiscent of Sonic stuff. I think you're thinking um, of the new Sonic 4 that they came out with because uh, Sonic Generations is very much a 3D like follow behind Sonic game. Oh uh, yeah, this ain't that then. Um, you're probably thinking of Sonic Four, which was very much a new looking like 3D side scroller. Yeah, and it was it lo- and most of the levels were very similar too. That didn't take off as well though because people because it, it wasn't. It wasn't Sonic. They they did them in episodes. They did like episode one, episode two, and it just didn't really take off as well. Well, I think Sonic Generations, it starts as a side scroller and then it turns into the follow thing. Because there's like, 
there's two versions of Sonic. There's like 3D Sonic and side scrolling Sonic, and they run into each other or something. I heard somebody talking about it on a podcast like a week. Maybe ago. I didn't really play it that much, but I mean, looking at the store page, you wouldn't think that was it. But Sonic Mania is getting ready to come out on the PC in six days, and I've been seeing a lot of like console like reviews for it. Uh, Play Legit's got one that's really good. Oh, cool. um, the soundtrack soundtrack for it is is just straight fire and the thing that i love about the sonic mania stuff and i know this isn't space gaming or games that are That's like fine. i've played yet but Whatever. the the thing that i love about this is the backstory to sonic mania do you guys know like the whole backstory to it don't know a thing <laughs> now, what what i understood was there was some people that were like modders or something and they were making their own sonic game and then they just like Sega was like blessed it and was like, all right, you're hired. Make the make the real deal. Close. That's very very close. Um, essentially, um, it was developed by Head Cannon and uh, Pagadoa West Games, whatever it is. The the lead programmer uh, Christian Whitehead was essentially like trying to make a Sonic game as like a passion project, kind of like a an homage to like Sonic game and he like showed it to <laughs> he showed it to like the lead guy for Sonic stuff the the series producer I can't pronounce his name Japanese and, and, and then um, they threatened to sue him if they oh wait no that's Nintendo never mind <laughs> no, no, no 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 they 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 were like let's do this and they just like they were like let's license this let's make this a legit Sonic game because originally it was going to be called Sonic Discovery and then they changed to uh, Sonic Mania after Sega got on board. And so it became a legit Sonic game. And it's it's hot. <laughs> well, I'm, yeah, I'm watching a gameplay video of it now. And other than it being kind of up I can't tell that this isn't running on a Genesis emulator. Yeah, as a matter of fact, the collector's edition for the Genesis comes... Or for the Sonic Mania, comes with like a, a Sonic standing, like statue standing on a Genesis. Um, yeah, and I think there's like great. a there's like a there's like a cartridge or something like that that comes with and like a sonic ring golden ring that's pretty great so that's me I'm done yeah you know it's it's one of the most frustrating noises I've ever heard in all of gaming is whenever all those rings go bouncing out on the ground oh yeah no yeah it's like oh damn it I'm not aware of that sound but I'll take your word for it uh, Spaz, play a Sonic game sometime. <laughs> <laughs> Spaz, what have you been playing? I've also I've oh. also been playing No Man's Sky uh, on my PS4 because well they just dropped another update today and and so I wanted to go back and see how that's going and um, yeah I, I'm I'm kind of with Hunter on this I, I like where they're going with it um, it's they've got the the beginnings of multiplayer in and yeah, hopefully something, something about orbs but, or something like you know so yeah you can i haven't done it yet but you can get up to i think 16 uh people who are uh yeah they they show up as orbs in your planet if you happen to be there at the same time um and so you can kind of explore together but the goal, from what I understand, is to actually get synchronous co-op. Yeah, they're still developing the multiplayer slash co-op. This isn't like the end-all, be-all. They're trying to take baby steps to really get the the official 
multiplayer going and that's and, and people are still trying to dom they're like hey you said this update had multiplayer and we're just orbs like how dare you it's like it's like if you read their description and their comments they say we're taking baby steps to get to that point yeah but the orbs like okay you're an orb i'm an orb i build a structure do you see it if you have if you have the sharing turned on okay yeah and, and that's i I'll say they're what I understand. measured with their with what they're promising, and that's a good thing because at least when they say, "Okay, well, this is the first step to getting multiplayer," that's the goal. They're not saying this is multiplayer. This is what we're you know, it's it's done because it's obviously not. But at least they're getting closer to what they were promising initially. I mean, it sucks that it's like a it's like a like a year later kind of a thing with No Man's Sky. But at the same time, this isn't this isn't the first or only game that'll ever like continue to release content even like years later. So, right. I, I like I said, the only thing really holding No Man's Sky back, unfortunately, was their launch debacle, which really hurt them, and I think is still hurting them to this day because that stigma just stuck with them despite whether or not the game was good or not. You know what I mean? So that's, that's the real unfortunate part. It kind of sounds like based on what I've seen with their updates and stuff, like like they were in a terrible situation. Cause it's not like I got the feeling they need, they needed to release then because they were running out of money. So they need to release, but what they should have done is wait another year and release it. Like it is today, but they couldn't because they had no money. That's yeah. like that. That sounds well, like what well, from, what happened. From what I'm understanding, they were getting uh, pushed by Sony to do a release, and so they had to release as it was, even though they knew it wasn't where they needed it to be. If if it had been a, a strictly PC release, they could have gone with early access and. Uh, I don't think anyone would have complained because, well, with early access, you would expect that, or at least most people would expect that. So if they released in an early access state as just a PC release, we wouldn't have been hearing as much complaining because they would have said, well, we have time to get to a, a release state that we're happy with. But you can release early access on PlayStation now and sell it retail as we found out from Fortnite, which unless you read the small text at the bottom of the retail box, you would have no idea that that's an early access title that you paid 60 bucks for, which, I, which I think is released. Right. Yeah. And that's pretty weird. Um, it is weird. Yeah. Well, pretty you know, weird. it's actually, you know, now that I think about it, it's not all that weird because, well, Kickstarter has been around for years mm. and people have been paying, you know, f- and sometimes 50, 60 bucks plus for a game that will be free at release. But they're doing that at, at the Kickstarter level and it's, and it's during the campaign as opposed to what they're doing with Fortnite, which is people pay to get into a beta that, that is admittedly a closed beta but then will be free upon release. Right. Hey, so uh, to switch gears just real quick, there's something I just just realized. Mm -hmm. Um, 
I don't know if you guys are aware, but I'm going to share it with you guys in the, um, uh, just one of the channels up here, probably the problem. But there is a theme park game coming out based around Uh, Jurassic World. It's the same folks who made Planet Coaster. It's Frontier. Yeah, the same folks who made Deadly Dangerous. Yeah, so I, I just realized I'm not excited about it. I'm not excited about it at all. At all. Maybe it'll have Thargoids in it. No, Planet Coasters is actually really good. Oh, I found it so boring. I found it so because it's all about the well, building and not about the management, and I love the I management. Know, and I and I and I understand that frustration. Mm-hmm. I I appreciate Planet Coasters because it's fun to kind of explore what other people have built. You know, that's fair. I'm kind of I'm kind of curious though. Like I just find it interesting that Frontier got a license to make a Jurassic, essentially it's a Jurassic Park game, right? Let's like be real here. Yeah, Jurassic which apparently, Park, same thing. Apparently coincides with the new movie that's coming. Well, that's 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 all well and good, but like an uh, 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 actual, I mean, we've had plenty of dinosaur games over the last years, like mixed kind of Jurassic Park-ish like games, but like we've never actually had an official Jurassic Park game in a very long time. And I, yeah. I don't know. I just kind of got excited about this. And the I, last one was... I, was um, and I just realized it was Frontier. The last one was Trespasser, wasn't it? Wasn't that the last, like the late 90s? Was the last Jurassic Park game? No, man. They, in 2003 was uh, oh. pro, uh, the the uh, Genesis Project, which was the original version of this thing. Um, oh. So Genesis... Okay, so it's basically take Roller Coaster Tycoon and instead of building attractions that are that you actually and i've been i played this a little bit this week because i that trailer for the new game coming out and i was just like oh yeah okay and somebody i, I forget who it was i was talking with in the in the chat and they were like yeah well you should you know check out genesis thing cuz you know his wife really dug it and uh, so i went hunting you know cuz it ain't like you can buy it anymore well technically you can buy it i went on amazon and if you wanted to buy it for the Xbox three, uh, the Xbox One, the original Xbox, Xbox OG, two hundred ninety five dollars. What? And I and Sorry. I was like, nah, Jesus. <laughs> nah. So I went and hit the abandonware sites, and it's out there. God. So I, I installed it and was dicking around with it a little bit, and it's it's like straight up. It, it rolls a random island. You know, you can keep hitting the button until you get an island you like, and then uh, you, you can. Uh, populous style you can landscape it and then you drop uh like here's my gate for jurassic park and it's a helicopter landing pad and the you know the the classic jurassic park giant gate and then it's like all right well now i'm playing roller coaster tycoon i'm going to put my walkways here i'm going to put some trash cans i need a janitor stand here you know for people to clean the park um but then instead of putting rides it's like i'm going to put an observation tower and then I, I set the price for the observation tower, like it's twenty bucks to you know to go up here and look at dinosaurs. But then to get the dinosaurs there, um, you have to have scientists that are out in the field digging up uh, digging up fossils oh, and looking for machine. amber and stuff, right? Oh. And you have to run that. And then when as they find amber and stuff, you have to decide, like you know, do I want to sell this to keep enough money coming in that I can keep the park afloat until I've got dinosaurs and then I can get people in here. Or do I want to actually like continue to build the genome of this 
particular dinosaur because the more samples of the dinosaur you get and the better samples like amber's the best right but you can find like crappy fossils good fossils whatever um but the more fossils you get of a particular species the better the genetic code for that species gets the longer they live the healthier they are everything right so you want to try to max out the dinosaur before you put it in the park if you can but some of them are really hard to find um so i started with some herbivores you know, and, and it's just like the first dinosaur that you get. And so you build, you have like a, a low security fence. So I put one of those and you put a feeder and then you put the hatchery and then it costs like $5,000 a dinosaur or whatever to actually drop eggs in the hatchery. And then the, they hatch out and you have to feed them and make sure they got water and there's no predators going to eat them. You know, if they're in the fenced in thing you don't have to worry about it um and then i got into carnivores but you have to do research because you have to upgrade your fences and you better have park rangers and stuff because if the if the predators get out (laughs) we have a park full of people and then you get the movie so you know you don't want that to happen um but you, you can there's a helicopter that you can actually take control of and fly around and like uh, snipe dinosaurs, trank them out and then pick them up and carry them to other places. So it's like they're in the hatchery, but then I built like another habitat for them, but I have to get them from the hatchery over to the other habitat, which means I have to have the Rangers go in there and trank them and then have the helicopter come and airlift them and carry them over and drop them where they eventually need to live and stuff like that. So there, there's a lot to do kind of thing. Uh, it's a really neat game and it's out there in the abandoned where stuff you can find it. I'm going to so, check this out. What's it Jurassic called? Park, Jurassic, Jurassic Park? Park Operation Genesis. J-P-O-G is the title that it was under when I found it. Or you could pay $300 and get it for the... I shall not pay $300 for <laughs> other things to spend that money on. Uh, that's pretty great. So me, because uh, you know I've been busy, I've just mostly been playing Lord of the Rings online because that's all I've had the brain power for. Uh because it's just such a relaxing thing. You know? Oh, Spaz, I'm sorry. We didn't finish with you. What else are you playing? Uh, well, let's see. <laughs> sorry. Uh, the No, it's cool. The uh, the Lightspeed Edition for Halcyon 6 dropped. So right. I'm playing that. It's, it's pretty cool. Uh, it's a little bit faster than the original. Uh, what, did they version. streamline the, the UI? Or how did they Apparently. make it faster? It's a separate, yeah, it's a separate uh, uh, store page for it. And if you already owned the classic edition, which is what they're calling the, the previous edition, then you already get the Lightspeed edition. For so, free. but you have both of them in your inventory. So, yeah, you can play yeah. old school yeah. or new. So, yeah. how, how is the new one different than the old school? Why would I ever go back to the old school one? If you want you a know, slower game, I guess, because apparently the new one, you right. could apparently play a whole campaign in 10 to 12 hours. Whereas the new one was apparently yeah. a bit more methodical. Well, is it, was it just like you have to grind a lot more encounters or in the it, old version? Yeah. You had to grind a lot more and okay. they've cut out a lot of the grinding and they've also added, uh, they've expanded the skill trees. So you have the skill points you can spend. You have to be a certain level to unlock the next, the next tier in that tree. But you can decide how you want to customize those skills. There's a lot more to play around with. They also added some things that uh, some skills have to take a couple of turns to actually spool up before you can use them. Mm -hmm. And some of them have expanded cooldowns. So 
what they did is you can have all the skills you have unlocked and some of them can only be used once per mission. So once you've left your station, you go out, you can only use that skill once. But at the beginning of every battle, you can edit the skills that you're using for your ships. So if you've used that one skill that you can only use once per mission, you can swap it out for a skill that can be used a bit more often or, or every turn if you want to. And that way you can kind of, go through your skills if you if you're on a longer uh recon patrol so to speak uh you can you know if you're going around trying to capture all your or not capture but uh, collect all your resources in the early game and you have a few skills that are in reserve then you can switch those out and and do that on the fly in between battles uh i've also been playing uh the the backer beta for BattleTech, and they just added flamers into the mix. So the fire starter is in. Oh, how is that? And how earlier is... today, earlier today, I took a lance of fire starters up against an awesome, and I waited around a hill. Well, here's the thing: I I let I let that thing get close. I ran my guys around the hill and unleashed all the flamers on it at once. Overheated it, shut it down, and then just picked it clean. Uh, yeah, it, yeah, that was pretty fun. Have so I'm the, liking where they're going with this. Have they put the mech lab in, or you're still dealing with book mechs? Uh, no, you, you don't have the mech lab yet. Okay. And they also uh, just added a separate beta branch for multiplayer, which I've not gotten into yet, because I don't know anyone else who has multiplayer. Yeah. So... I didn't see a reason to switch over to that yet. So question, but that's going to that that build is going to switch over into the main build a little bit later. So, question about BattleTech: like, if I wanted to go, like, I'm late in the game. I want to be a supporter and get my hands on the thing, right? Is it still like the sixty dollar point? Can you buy in, or is that door closed? You can still what? buy in up until, from what I read, it's up until two weeks before the end of the beta that you could buy into it. So you still have that option. Mm. But you pay double for the uh, game, though. Yeah, but you get in now, right? And you get to kind of help development along as far as a lot of the feedback that we've given. Because every after every campaign, or not campaign, but skirmish battle you fight, you get asked if you want to do a survey, and you can sort of give the the uh, indications of where you think things are, and that's optional. Mm-hmm. But it's helping them along, so that's a good thing. Yeah, I've I've put maybe. 15 hours or so into multiplayer or the mech warrior online <laughs> multiplayer battle tech. Welcome back to AOL. Um, but yeah, mech warrior <laughs> online. So yeah, I don't know. Do you play fun. that at all? Or no, I, I've played a bit of it, but not in a few years. Uh, well, it's, really. it's time to look at it again because what they really? did like, yeah, yeah, they they have added a whole bunch of stuff because, all right, so in the beginning, when the game was pure and just and everything was right with the world, there were no clan mechs. And then they brought the clan mechs in, and uh, apparently they realized, like, oh, God, we've screwed up our game. You know, <laughs> we need to fix the balance, right? And especially in MechWarrior Online, because the, the, the mechanic on the tabletop was there was different point values for the clans. Right. So it's like, well, you get a star of five clan mechs, but we get two lances, eight mechs. Right. So it kind of balances out. 
Well, yeah, not in the MechWarrior Online. So the the clan stuff just dominated, right? So it's like, okay, now they come, I don't know what it is, like the 3085, uh, whatever year it was. Um, but they brought all the fancy inner sphere weapons. Like the, the inner sphere has been like salvaging all this clan crap and figured out like, oh, well, here's how to make uh, like ER medium lasers. We can do that now. Um, we can do snub nose PPCs. We can do light PPCs. They have rotary auto cannons. I'm a big fan of rotary auto cannons. And, um, you know, rotary auto cannon is basically like the, the nose gun on an A10, but I got a rifleman with one on each arm. So it's like a double A10. It's great. Shreds. Um, you rip through ammo really fast though. Uh, let's see. They, uh, they have just a, a ton of new tech stuff that's in there. There's stealth armor. I haven't played with that, but apparently you can drop off radar with it. It's, it's like ECM kind of, um, but it makes you just a real bitch to detect. And, uh, I don't know which mechs can actually fit that. Cause I've looked at some and, uh, but they've got like, uh, like a light ferrofibrous armor. So like normal ferrofibrous takes up like 14 crit slots and, and it, you get like, I don't know, 10% reduction. Well, if you only want a 5% reduction in weight and it only takes seven crit slots. So if you got a mech, you can't really do ferrofibrous. I, I don't like the stuff personally, because I don't think you get enough back for, what you pay for it. Um, but yeah, so th- there's just a whole whack of new tech that's in there. There's new lasers, new missiles. Oh yeah. Medium range missiles are in. Um, I have a catapult that fires 80, 80 rockets. <laughs> Every time I click the button, it's ridiculous. Um, and a medium range missile is like an LRM, but, but they, they dump, yeah, they dumb fire and you get a lot more of them for less tonnage. Right. And, uh, another thing that's neat is just plain rocket pods, which is a one shot SRM and you get twice as many missiles as you'd normally get. And it weighs like nothing. Like you can, I think like, a, it's like an SRM 10 was, is a 10 pack rocket pod and it weighs one ton. So if I have a ton to kill on a mech and I happen to have a missile slot, and there's no way that I could spend, you know, enough to actually make it worth having a launcher there that I'm going to repeat fire and carry ammo and stuff. But I got a ton and I got a slot. Yeah, I'll put I'll put a, a 10 pack in there because, hey, that's 20 points of damage in your face one time. But generally, the way I play, I only get one good SRM shot before I'm dead anyway. So. So it works out. Um, it's just all kind of neat little toys. And, and I'm no longer feeling like clan rage um, because I can actually stand toe to toe with them. And the inner sphere mechs have a lot more flexibility because you're not limited about like how many slots you have and what component. Cause the, the clan mechs are pretty much stuck being what they are. You can swap a few things out, but they're very space limited and inner sphere mechs just aren't. So it's, it's like IS stuff is better now. Main reason I didn't, go back to it is because I'm just terrible at it. And it's it's unfortunate, but you know, that's that's my skills and not the game. Gotta get good, bro. It's, it's, time for that, it's like you you want to feel good, watch me play Dota sometime. You'll feel like a master of any <laughs> game compared to that. Actually I've actually never played those. They just do not look like appealing at all. 
Oh, the one the one to cut your teeth on is Heroes of the Storm. Yeah, I was going to say that, Heroes of the that's Storm. The one. It's, it's a good learning one. That would make a nice Thursday night. It's fun. I mean, I would, you know, definitely want to make sure we had a full team of people on comms together. Does it take yeah. five? Yeah. Yeah. I used to play Air You can play it versus AI. Sorry. Go ahead. Is no, I was just saying, good? I used to play Air Mac. It, it, the original version of Air Mac, I, I, I played a lot of. Um, oh, it was a couple of years ago, and though. And how did they, how did they uh, fuck it up? Because I know that's coming next, right? It was like I played the original. Well, not not really. I mean, the, the thing is that the the um, they recently released. I think in the last oh, four or five months, they released the commander mode, which is a VR oh, mode. Okay. So is that what I was like when I was talking about? Like, hey, you could play StarCraft and with a VR thing, and it would just and look I like mentioned little dudes running around on your table. Yeah. And that's basically what it is, right? Does it? I mean, does it look Pretty like? Much. Does it look like little action figures running around on a table? I mean, I haven't, I haven't seen, I haven't actually played it myself because, well, I don't have a VR setup yet. Uh, but the the concept is pretty cool, as far as I'm concerned. Uh, but but as far as MOBAs go, Airmac was the first one I played, and of course, I was a big fan of the. Genesis Herzog's Vice. So, if you look at Aramek compared to that, it's pretty much the same. Yeah. So, conversation that went on like hours ago, because um, Brian was saying about we're going to have the the guy, the Baldwin. I can't remember his first name that that made the original Empire Alec game. Baldwin. Yeah, Alec Baldwin, the good Baldwin. Yeah, why, why would we have him on? Like that that'd be the weirdest conversation. So, you like games? No. We could have Angela yeah. Merkel. I got a picture of her playing Farm Simulator 2017. She's probably much more interesting to talk to than she's out uh, of Gamescom. She's probably much more interesting to talk to overall than Alec Baldwin. No offense to Alec Baldwin, but you know, actor versus but, world leader. You know. Yeah. Anyway. <laughs> so, anyway. Yes. Um, yeah. I have no idea what I was talking. You were about, saying but, about okay. next, oh, yeah. next Empire. Week. So yes, you were you were talking about having the guy from Empire on, and mm-hmm. I was saying without Empire, we wouldn't have had Herzog's Way, and then leading into Dune, and then Command and Conquer, and you know Starcraft, and all these things. Um, I, I think Empire is kind of the genesis of that. Even though it's a turn-based game, it's very much like you you can see Dune in that game. Like, you know, the just the, you know, I'm going to get my jets and my tanks and stuff and I make like patrol routes for them. And yeah, it's turn based, but, you know, you, you couldn't have done it real time back then. But it's uh, I, I think that's actually like the granddaddy of RTS games. Yeah, and there's a if folks, if you don't know, there is a Kickstarter going on right now for uh, a new version of Empire called the Combined Edition. Which um, basically includes like twenty some years of improvements that these fans have done to Empire, and it's being built it, in it, Unity. And except that it, except it happens in space, and all the maps are actually like planets about the size of basketballs. And <laughs> I wish. oh wait, that's planetary annihilation. Sorry. Oh. Talk about jacking up a game. Oh. 
Man, you had to bring that one up. Shit. <laughs> not all not all reboots are good boots. No, this is true. <laughs> I fucking, I tried playing that twice, and I couldn't do it. I I don't know if it was the globe map, or or just, just or, in general, or, the game bad. And I kickstarted that shit too because I love Total Annihilation. Loved it. You know the the game that I wanted was Human Resources. That thing that was like Cthulhu's versus giant robots, and the Cthulhu's would like eat people out of the buildings. They'd like pick a skyscraper up and tilt it back like they were drinking a beer, and, and just like pour people in their mouth. The the art on that was phenomenal, and then it just died. And I, and I think it died because like nobody trusted them after Planetary Annihilation. It was just like, nope, not giving you the money. Which is unfortunate, but yeah. Oh yeah, and and they released a new version of Planetary Annihilation, and it wasn't still wasn't very good. And I I, f- I felt kind of bad because clearly people worked on this, but it's like oh yeah. Great. I, I think the the problem was that the planets were like a basketball, and you're trying to like fight around this this sphere, and it just hey, didn't work. Conceptually, conceptually, Planetary Annihilation was cool, and there was a lot of features that they implemented that I thought were really cool, such as you know, using moons as destructive objects on planets, so on and so forth. Like those, those kind of game mechanics were interesting. The execution of like what Jim was saying with the, the controlling of the basketball planets was really weird because you start tilting in awkward directions and then you, your, your camera controls are awkward. And then just like, you have these really big mechs on a very small like surface and yeah, yeah, the, the scale was ridiculous. Well, yeah, yeah. That, that was the entire problem with that game is if the planets had been like 10 times bigger, it would have been or fine. the units smaller and you just zoom in really far yeah, or same, something. same effect. Yeah. Right. Yeah. But it, it's just like the, the amount of real estate on a planet was too small because you'd, you'd build a base and it would take up like a hemisphere. Yeah, so, I, th- I think the only globe map yeah. that's actually worked is maybe the original XCOM, and that's because you really didn't do a ton on the actual globe. Like, you just click a few buttons to intercept a UFO and shit, but, like, it kept the globe crap simple. Yeah, what was interesting about the globe there was, like, radar coverage. It's like, yeah. I can't defend the entire planet. I have to decide which countries I'm going to shepherd and which ones I'm going to let go. And, you know, so, yeah. It felt like a much bigger problem, and it felt like a much more satisfying problem to solve, rather than planetary annihilation, which was, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Thinking about yeah. XCOM, so they have that like War of the Chosen that's coming out. Yeah, which I don't know very much about. Well, other either. than it's going to release, it, it's going to be DLC that's like full price of a game. It's like right? thirty bucks. It's like, Ooh, really? Yeah. No, 40. No, 40. 40. Oh, God. It's yeah. 40. What? However, however, from the stuff that I've seen of it and that I've I've been looking into this, it's going to be worth the cost. Okay. It does so look pretty it's not big. it's not just adding some hero units for the aliens cuz the last time they did that it was bullshit. Like if you've ever had like, what's his name? Like King Viper or whatever, that asshole, like it can just show up randomly anytime in your campaign. And it's like, if you're, if you're not teched up, you're just done. Right. And it's like, oh, I got these guys. I've been through like 10 missions. And then that asshole shows up and just wipes me. Uh, And it's like, uh, so I didn't dig that. 
Um, so, so, so some ho- of the hopefully stuff they've added, uh, one of the things they've added is there's a stamina system. So what you used to be able to do in the, in the, the previous XCOM games is that you'd have your squad, the alpha squad, the, the, the best of the best, and you'd send them out every damn time. And you might have a few reserves that you'd throw in there, but with this, with this particular release, they've got this stamina system where if you try to use your people too much, they're going to be much less effective. So you have to switch them out and you have to, to not always use the same people every damn time. Which is kind of a good thing because, well, if they get killed, then you have replacements that are somewhat trained up. But it's also to keep you from using the same tactics every single time as well because uh, you've got the skill trees on... on uh, they've got two, two versions of the skill tree for each uh, class. Mm-hmm. And you can actually get all the skills and you can mix and match. That's pretty cool. Yeah, it looks like they're at, they are adding quite a bit to uh, XCOM 2 here. I still need to play XCOM 2, come to think of it. Got it in a bundle. And I haven't even touched it. <laughs> I haven't even touched it. Uh, um, you know, I've, I haven't played Long War, which is the uh, which is mod made for uh, for it. And it it is a it is a long long campaign uh, and lots would, of grinding. Would you say it um, is a long war? It is. It is literally long war. Yeah, yeah. Uh, uh. But <laughs> but the thing is though that uh, that I'm going to jump on War of the Chosen absolutely because I love XCOM two. And this thing retools the campaign as well. So you've got more objectives. Uh, you have other factions to deal with. Mm. Is this being made by the Long War dudes? Because it's like they put out Long War and then this is coming. Or is this core Fire Axis doing this? Because I know they hired those mod dudes for something. On, on that, I'm not entirely sure which uh, which team worked on it. Yeah, I'm going to have to look into it then. Because it, it was just like... I was just like, man, if they're just going to add like a couple of super units and stuff, then no. But yeah, if they're if they're changing up the game for the better, then maybe it's worth it. Looks better. pretty extensive based on the Steam page. It looks like they're adding quite a bit. So I don't know if it's worth forty, but it's it's more than your usual DLC. This is more like a full blown. I would say this is one of yeah. those kind of old style expansions. Actually, yeah, six months, yeah I mean, this is this is kind of like you know doing the 20. the expanded edition of the campaign. Kind of thing, yeah. Six you know, months. That is a DLC. Six months. It'll be fifty percent off, right? Like the the next yeah. Steam sale. And then maybe so I'll I'm play it for that. <laughs> maybe I'll actually play it then. <laughs> so, anything else you're playing, Spaz? Uh, let's see. Um, well, since we're playing Ticket to Ride on Thursday, I've been jumping back into that. Uh, that's going to be fun. Yeah, I've never played it with other people, just by myself. That's a that's gonna be a, it's a mean game. We're gonna be hurling yeah. all kinds of insults at each other because that is a mean game. Holy shit! <laughs> hey, so there was um, Shadow Warrior Two DLC that came out, like Bounty Hunt something something. Oh yeah, that yeah, was free. Wasn't that that's free? The last one. Wasn't that free though? Didn't they add that for free? Yeah. 
Yeah, they just added it. Yeah, um, yeah. And I think Shadow Warrior is on uh, is on sale, right? Shadow Warrior Two. Well, you can get Shadow Warrior for free, I think, right now. But Shadow Warrior Two, yeah, I well, believe tomorrow. Oh, okay. And I believe Shadow yeah, Warrior you can Two. Yeah, get Shadow Warrior for free until tomorrow, and then Shadow Warrior Two is on sale. Yeah. Yeah, and Shadow Warrior Two is a fun time. My God, it's fun. It's so fun. Um. So what I've been playing besides Lord of the Rings Online is uh, some logistical, which is is great. I've told you guys about that. I I don't I talk about that game a lot, um, and also uh, some of Titanfall 2's new Frontier Defense mode, which is a blast, absolute blast. It's it's so fun to not be terrible at that game because you're all working together at something. <laughs> so it's. It's it's so fun not to be awful at it. <laughs> Cause the AI is good. It's not as good as other players, but it's good. But I can get more kills in co op. You know? That's and you can awful. feel like you're actually accomplishing yeah, something. Yeah, I can feel much more like a badass, like I'm actually accomplishing something. And uh speaking of games we're excited to come out, I don't know if you guys have heard that it's coming out in a few days, that's why I want to mention it. It's not a space game. It's called Deadhold. Have you guys heard of this one? Nope. It looks no. like a straight up myth clone. And so I have to have it because myth, they had me at myth. If you guys don't know what myth is, it was Bungie's deal before Halo. And uh, they made two games. They made two games. And they're these violent tactical RTS games. Oh, that's that, really cool. That are that are just super fun, super violent, and this new yeah. Deadhold game looks like just people who love loved myth will be like, "What? There, there needs to be a new myth. Let's make a new myth." And that looks like what they've done. So, it's got, when does that come out? List. Sorry, that. When does that come out? Uh, if you put a, put a link to it in the promenade. Yeah, I believe a few days. Yeah, on this, I'm looking at the store page. It's two days. All right, I'm on that. Yeah. Yeah, you know, the, the game I've got, like, super boner for is uh, Absolvers. Like, What's I was that? just watching some gameplay stuff for it. Um, imagine, uh, like, an open world kind of run around, do stuff game, but the combat is all kung fu. Like, it's straight out of kung fu movie, kung fu. Like, not, not like... Uh, like Jade Empire Kung Fu, but it, but it's actually like a fighting game, right? And uh, apparently it's a little bit deck buildery because you actually learn Kung Fu moves as cards and then you, you build a deck of the, these are my moves for my fighter. And uh, it's up to four-player co-op. So Kung, Kung Fu Skyrim with four-player co-op. There you go. Well, I wish listed the there's, fuck there's out the of that. Excuse me. It. Sorry, go Yeah, ahead. there's the other thing about that, which is that there's a a teacher system wherein if you master your, your particular skill set, you can actually teach that to other players, that combination to other players. Whoa. Oh, awesome. Whoa. That's awesome. Cause you can, yeah. Cause you can only learn, you know, you can only master your own style and then, well, you can teach that to other players and then you can learn their styles. If they, if they have mastered it. Oh shit! I got another 
wish of mine fulfilled today. Which I just noticed. October 5th, Steve Jackson Games is releasing Ogre, Ogre. the board game, on PC. Like, wow, that's been a long time coming, about 30 years. Yeah, because the last one, the last one, uh, didn't that come out in the 80s? Wasn't that an origin game? Yeah. Yeah. 87? It was like like 30-something years ago. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, it's been a long time. Um, and I'm looking forward to this uh, this Dark Future game, which is basically Car Wars on PC. Speaking of Steve Jackson stuff, um, but it, this is uh, uh, Games Workshop's version of Car Wars, which which is basically like uh, a cross between Judge Dredd and Mad Max. So if that tickles your fancy. That does tickle my fa- all my fancies. All the fancies yeah, are tickled. Arox making it, so it should be pretty all right. Ooh. Oh, oh, we've been, so we've, uh, I, I've been just writing down all the games we've been playing, you know, to put them in the notes, and there's like 30 fucking games here. Oh my God. So we've been busy. You know, that's pretty awesome. But uh, what we wanted to talk about tonight after, you know, well, let's talk news real quick because um, we want, we need to talk about Battlefront 2. Uh, we need yeah. to talk about this. I don't know if you all saw, but there was a new uh, video released which actually shows uh, space fighter combat in the new Battlefront. Uh, and it- well, they've been they've been hitting hard the like the news about the space fighter content. Oh yeah, I know I know people that got total wood from the flyable slave one, you know, and uh, it actually really looks like original like battlefront 2 space combat which is not a bad thing because that was really fun space combat just you know of course a lot prettier um but like they've shown it but like i don't know a lot about the details do i do any of you guys know like what kind of modes they're available with the space combat is it like just straightforward deathmatch is it like i i just it's a combination it's it's a combination of what we've already seen before with um there's going to be the team-based stuff, the objective-based things. There's going to be, like, missions. I, I posted a video earlier, and it's and they're doing the different eras stuff. But in the one video they're showing, it's, like, Poe Dameron's, tie, like, X-Wing versus Darth Vader's TIE Fighter. And mm. I'm just, I'm, I don't know. Mm. I, if, I don't know, if I'm going to do objective-based stuff like that, I want it to be more... Uh, based in reality uh, to like what I'm flying. Like if I'm going to be flying this to the type era, of, you mean? Right. Yeah. 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 Thank you. Like that. I, I, the cross era stuff, I guess, is okay in, in a sense because it's a video game and people can do whatever they want. But I don't know. Well, to be fair, the the previous Battlefront games actually had that you know mixing of heroes, so it's not unprecedented. It's not like this is a new thing. Uh, I mean, you could you could run around on uh, on you know Tatooine and have Darth Maul fighting against Yoda, and then in the same map you've got Vader fighting against Luke and and old Obi Wan or and young Obi Wan. I mean, uh, you know that sort of thing. You could have those the heroes running around doing that. So it's not like it's unprecedented. That's fair. No, you're right. I I just I I don't know. I'm really, when it comes to the new Battlefront game, I am more interested in the campaign that they're offering, mm-hmm. right? Because I, I'm kind of curious about what they're doing with that. Because 
in reality, Battlefront One was not that interesting to me. I don't. I mean, it looked pretty and it looked great and it looked glorious, and I and I loved that. But the for me, the the multiplayer fell short because you can do co op stuff, but you can only do co op stuff with two people. Like I couldn't do co op stuff with three to four people. What you know? If I wanted to do th- if I wanted to do three to four people, then you have to do like straight up multiplayer. Yeah, this was like um. This is one day Jim and someone else and I were like messing around with this and like you remember that Jim like we were trying to like get the co-op to work we could only do co-op with two people directly like literally two people That's Which ridiculous. game was it? I looked away. Uh, Battle, Battlefront 1. Oh, oh yeah, Battlefront 1, right. Yeah, cuz it it was uh retarded. Yes. It it was me and you and Alex actually we were trying to do that. Um yeah, it's uh, I don't know, man. The, the, all that Starfighter shit, it's like I'm watching that trailer and I'm like, okay, yeah, this is like different missions, same game. Mm, okay, whatever. You know, I mean, they did the staged missions where it's like, okay, this is three parts of we're going to assault uh, a Star Destroyer, right? So it's like, well, wave, first part is we're clearing out the TIE Fighters and stuff. And then the second part, you have to take down its shields. And then the third part, you're actually destroying it or whatever, right? And it's like, yeah, okay. Um, I don't see any difference in this other than like, hey, look, TIE Bomber. Oh, hey, look, it's, uh, Darth Maul's ship that can hey, turn it's, invisible. It's, it's got Yoda's yeah. fighter. Yoda's tiny little well, fighter. <laughs> yeah, the other, the other thing is is it's got, it's got Darth Maul's Sith Starfighter that can cloak, I guess. Yeah, that would be what? unbalancing. Yeah. 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 Apparently, apparently it could cloak. Like, who knew? What? Well, I didn't. I, I certainly didn't. Know. That ship's too small to carry a cloaking device. Yeah, Dark Maul's half the man he used to be. Ah, oh, spoilers. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I kind of wish they hadn't brought him back so much in the cartoons. <sighs> but anyway. Yeah, me neither. But but when you only got like two cool things out of a whole trilogy of movies. You got to use it, man. I suppose. And it did get us a great scene with, uh, mid era Obi-Wan on Tatooine. That was amazing, but that's really it. You know? Oh, apparently, apparently in the comic book, Darth Maul, son of Dathomir part four is where they introduced, Darth Maul's cloaking device on his ship. Oh, come on. <laughs> Jesus. I had to look this up because I'm like, when did they have a cloaking device? So at least there's a reference to it within the canon. I mean, I guess it's something. It's not entirely no ship- an ass pull, but hey. You know. But again, no ship that small has a cloaking device. They said that. Oh, God. <laughs> Whatever. Meanwhile, a Sith infiltrator arrives in orbit carrying both General Grievous and Darth Sidious after tracking Dooku's location to Dathomir. Sidious orders Grievous to jam the Dathomirian communications and cloak the ship, Uh. allowing them to arrive on Dathomir undetected. Uh. Uh. All the Night Sisters do not see the ship coming and continue with their plan. Blah, 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 Uh. blah, 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 blah. Moving on. God. Okay, never. Look, I, I, I just look. I'm, I'm really excited that we're getting more Star Wars games. Don't get me wrong. I'm just pissed because 
as beautiful as these games look, they're just so freaking shallow. Like it at the at the end of the day, I, I know some people love it, but they love the repetitive. Like we're gonna keep playing these same so many maps and these same so many game modes over and over and over and over again. But to me, first, that's not what I want from a Star Wars game. And it's kind of it's kind of weird because back when I was in college, I used to play the crap out of Day of Defeat Source, and that's all that game ever was. Well, there's nothing wrong with that. Your 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 tastes have evolved. Your tastes have changed. You know, you want more now, which hey, nothing, not a thing wrong with that. Yeah, it's like I used to hate shrimp. Now I like it. I get it. Exactly. I used to hate. uh, (laughs) I used to hate. I used to hate cauliflower. Now I really enjoy it. But um, but yeah, it's so so basically Battlefront is like going out on a date with somebody that's extremely attractive, but you can't have a conversation for very long because there's just really no substance. (laughs) <laughs> that 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 that's a really unique comparison and i'm sorry for that person it's, that might be like that but it's kind of true it's not i mean at least they're, for the they're, first one we don't know about the second so much yeah the second one might be great campaign. i mean who you knows? know that that campaign could be a killer campaign and well that's then that's the I'm only thing that, that would be the case my, yeah that's the only thing i have my eyes on really is that campaign so if, if it, it's a solid campaign so it might end up being like a Titanfall two, where the campaign right. is really the attraction. And you know, I've been I've been seeing like I had that comparison in my mind earlier when I was looking at the stuff for Battlefront two, and it had a campaign. I'm like, mm, Titanfall one didn't really have a campaign, even though they kind of sort of said it did. Uh, Battlefield one or Battlefront one didn't have it, but Battlefront two is going to have it, just like Titanfall two. So this, you know, it could be one of those things where it's just like something about twos. They learn from their mistakes. But you would think that watching the success and failures of Titanfall, they would have known better, but whatever. Yeah, because it's all yay. It's like, don't you guys talk to each other? I I don't know. (laughs) Yeah, uh, speaking of EA. Yeah. uh, How about that uh, Mass Effect Andromeda news, man? Like that. Yeah, I'm I'm not fully familiar with what happened. Uh so hit me up with that. What's going on? I'm I'm massively yeah. unaffected by it. So <laughs> so here's what ended up happening. Uh, <laughs> the the studio that made Mass Effect Andromeda has shuttered its doors. So that's oh. that's the first part. Did the game not the do well? It, the the game did not do very well. And Dude, within the first two months, you could have gotten that game for fifty percent off. Like I, I've already seen it in the bargain bin at uh it, the whatever unmentioned the console sport. version yeah 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 it's it's and it, that's yeah so so uh the the latest update from them is that they're going to put out a few patches for multiplayer but there will be no patches no future updates for single player content the story mode is basically what it is that's all it is and the rumor and i have to stress rumor is that the franchise is effectively dead at this point. Thank God, though. To be honest you, with you, like I, I, I kind of saw this coming. I'm not, and I, yeah. and I'm going to say that for, for this reason: when you have something as successful as the first three Mass Effect games, and I talked about this before the show with you guys, Mass Effect Two, arguably the best one in the series. When you have something, even even though Mass Effect 3's ending was really like people wanted to piss all over it. 
the rest of the game up until like the last like 10 minutes of gameplay was actually really good. It was also a really good game. I, I would completely agree with you on that. Yeah. You know, uh, so so for them to go and have this beloved lore universe trilogy thing and then to try and do essentially a spinoff of its own thing set in another galaxy, you, you've got a lot to live up to because the Mass Effect trilogy is well-beloved. And I equate this to, and for me, this is in my opinion, like, you know, Bungie did Halo. They did Halo stupid well, right? They, they're the ones that started it. They, they knew it through and through. And then once 343 got their hands on it and it, they kind of switched like the look and feel of Halo a little bit with the newer games, like with Halo 4, Halo 5, you know, it just didn't, it didn't have, in my opinion, it just wasn't the same. And so then they, they're also trying to go back through when they're doing the remasters, they're trying to like uh, retcon a few things and add in some more like story elements into like the games that you've already had. It's just like, why, why, why would you do that? To me, when you see something like Mass Effect Andromeda, who's made by the B team at the same studio, essentially, it's made by Bioware, but not the same development team that made the first trilogy. From what I understood, it was a new team that was working on it. They hadn't really done anything else. Right. So, I mean, it sucks because they put a lot of blood, sweat, and effort into making this and I mean, as as a development team goes, they made a far superior game than, say, like Space Engineers, you know. But at the same time, there was not a lot of QA that was done before it was released. Not enough, in my opinion, because when that game launched, there was um, and we're not even talking about like the facial animations. I'm talking about straight up glitches game characters just floating straight up through the ceiling lots of lots of little nuanced things like that then it was the then people wanted to dog on the facial animation stuff and i think that was a bit much like you know cut the facial animation some slack like i you know i know it's it's hard for some people to feel immersed but really at the end of the day though they just did a really bad job like it it didn't come out well and they've patched it since then and then because of the sheer amount of criticism i mean hell uh no man's sky is sticking it out longer than these guys and i think no man's sky probably faced worse criticism than the mass effect andromeda arguably i would agree with that the, uh, I thought but, they were gonna. I'm sorry. I thought they were gonna stop the franchise after three. So this sounds like it was ill-advised from the get-go. This latest game. Well, three basically ended the the uh, the prime storyline, if you want to put it that way. Oh, for God's sake! It was set between no. Well, to, to be fair, the with Andromeda, they set it between two and three. So. So the events of three don't necessarily affect what's happening in Andromeda. Uh, so the the people in Andromeda don't know what happens at the end of the uh, the prime storyline, the main storyline. <laughs> okay, I guess that can work sometimes. Like, what was that one? What was that Ender's Game book that was the book about his buddy? Uh, not a, uh, uh, Bean, Ender Shadow. Yeah, yeah, something about a shadow. In, 
Yeah. And and Yeah, that was great. So it can be done. You know, but it sounds like it wasn't done well here. Which Yeah, is, it just it just wasn't done well, unfortunately. Uh and and the thing is that if if they had a, a more experienced team perhaps and more time to develop. I think they also released too early is the other problem. Right. I think they were they fell into the same trap as many other developers. They had to release the game because they were getting pressure from the studio to to, to release. And again, with the aid breathing down their necks, hey. Uh, again, this uh, this falls this falls back to my QA like statement. Like there was not a lot of quality assurance uh or not enough quality assurance put into it before it was released. And that's and that I hate that development cycle though because Battlefield Four had the same issues, or not the same type of issues, but it, like same development style issues where it released and it was not a great game. But over time, they've updated it, they've released a bunch of content, they patched it, and then Battlefield Four became kind of a great game. The thing that was kind of salty for some people is like while they're trying to fix Battlefield Four, they're trying to pimp this new game called Hardline, which was a massive flop, and then now they're like you know, trying to do something else. It for for me, when you when I when you see something like Mass Effect Andromeda become such a flop and then to find out the same team that made the first three is making a new IP, you kind of like it it feels a little rough because you're just like, why why would you do that? <laughs> <laughs> like yeah. Like why why would you why would you why would you tell me all of a sudden the the same guys that just made this beloved trilogy didn't make the new game but instead were working on something else because like they that. don't they don't want you to cancel your pre order because if you find out that the the bench warmers made it you might get yeah but nervous. like E three happened like right after Andromeda came out you know what I'm saying like Andromeda was still like you know Andromeda had like you know hit that rock bottom all of a sudden E three hits and you find out Bioware the same team that does Mass Effect, and you're like, ooh, what? <laughs> That's a shame. Yeah. Because I know a lot of people just love, love, love Mass Effect, like some of you well, guys. I, I really, yeah. really liked the, the – it was like the characters were very interesting. It was one of the few games that I actually felt some investment in the characters because the writing wasn't completely crap. Mm-hmm. And even when the writing was bad, it was like the characters – carried it through so yeah it was all right like i said two i think two is still the best yes absolutely absolutely that seems to be the consensus and i'm not i should try playing it again maybe i'll just get over the way that character walks yeah it's there's a little bit of jank in the graphics but honestly you just get so past that very quickly and you know, I'll have to give it another try. And I and I would say play play it with the combat on easy because you're there for the story, not for like being a pro shooter. Yeah, maybe that's another thing. I think I put it. I put. I usually play everything on normal, you know. So maybe I should just put it on freaking. Yeah, easy. I would say just turn that crap down and, and just kind of <laughs> get the just get the story right because the story is the deal. But it but it's like some people, you know, it's it, like how people come away from uh, from like Babylon 5, right? And it's just like, oh, man, that show. But I look at Babylon 5, and I'm like, yeah, the graphics are kind of jank. But it doesn't matter, right? Because the story. and I mean, the, hell, they, they use the video toaster to make that. And yes. pretty much anyone at, pretty much anyone at oh, that time man. could actually get the video toaster and make the same 
quality graphics. He had a super but, in the but the story was damned good. Right. That made up for it. All right. So, um, wow. That's some, that's some awesome news. But let's move on to our topic uh, while we have a little time left. Helium, right? Is that what we're going to talk about? Well, I wanted to talk about, like, because this has been a, a fascinating year for space gaming. Like, I think it's, it's like, odd. Yeah. it's been surprising in a lot of ways. Like, so many wonderful surprises have, I mean, we've gotten a lot of shit thrown at us as well. Excuse my language. Um, garbage. I'm trying to use that word instead. We've got a lot of garbage thrown at us. Um but, like, for example, the latest uh, surprise has been this Helium Rain game. It's not a fully released game yet. It might not even be a fully released game this year. But we've been enjoying the ever-loving heck out of it. Because, like, wow, let's take what we didn't like about Elite and X and streamline it and make it fun. That's kind of what the developer of that game has done. It's like, oh, this game can be fun again. This kind of uh, taxi-slash- college, you know, slash trade game can be fun again. I forgot about that. Because, <laughs> like, it's also mired in, like, grind now. You know? Well, especially with Elite, and especially with other other games. And so it's like, this game is kind of like a breath of fresh air. You know, like, oh, this system has all the fuel. Okay, this mission needs fuel. I'm going to go there. I should just know that, because it's a spaceship with a computer in it. <laughs> For God's sakes. So, uh, it's been... that Helium Rain is kind of like, I think, indicative of, of this year. Because, like, so many surprises have come at us, I think. Like, I want to talk about some other surprises. Like, Starfleet Armada. That came out of goddamn nowhere. Right? And and what a... What just a pleasant surprise that was, you know? We've gotten a Absolutely. lot of great stuff this year. Like, Icarus. Where the hell did that come from? You know? I mean, Icarus at this point is uh, considered feature complete. Uh, the, the latest update, which was, what, less than two weeks ago, uh, introduced the shotgun and assault rifle weapons, and it's considered feature complete right now. Which is fine. Which is totally fine. You know, I mean, he feels it's done. Let him move on to something more awesome, like Icarus 2. Exactly, Maybe. exactly. You know, why not? Uh, I mean, Icarus was $5. There's so much gameplay in there for five goddamn dollars. <laughs> we cannot recommend it highly enough. Oh, my God. But, like, I was looking at just on the wiki to, like, there have other, been other games this year that I just haven't really tracked as much because they're, like, $2 space shooters that look like they last half an hour. Uh, but, like, serious, like... Well, I was going to say there were Starport, Gemini, and Warlords... Well, yeah, that's what I'm saying. That's not one of those games. Like, there have been 24 games, at least, that have been, like, hit 1.0 this year. We're not even talking early access, like, Avorion and, 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 uh, what was that other one? Lightspeed Frontier and stuff like that. There have been 24 games came out this year, and most of them have been really, really good. Like, there have been some shit. Like, uh, what was that? Constellation, what was that? Constellation Distantia? I don't know if you guys oh, played yeah. that. I don't know if you guys played that or watched the video, but that was a pile of junk. 
and Star Smashers, which made me want to break my computer. But we've also had Next Jump Shmup Tactics, which I don't know if you guys have, have played. But that was excellent. Galaxy of Pen and Paper. Fantastic. Everspace. Everspace. So good. You know? It's been like a shocking amount of good. And it's only August. <laughs> like we have four months and there's so many more games coming out this year. Slated to, at least. <laughs> you know? Rumor rumor has it, Star Citizen 3.0 may or may not come out this year. Uh, so we're still waiting. Yeah. Yeah. Did they, never, did they push it for space, by the way? Uh, just released a hardcore mode. As if it wasn't hard enough. It's they had they just put out a hardcore mode in the last week. Or oh, so. Everspace. Yeah. Yeah, Everspace. Yeah. They, they that I don't know if you guys pay atten- paid attention, but uh not just you guys here, but like people listening. Everspace had a massive update that added a hardcore mode, uh Hodas and Track IR support. Um, it's using a newer version of Unity now. I th- or Unreal, sorry, Unreal now. Uh, massive, huge, gigantic update. Um, and the game is so pretty. It's so pretty, and if and even on an older game like mine, even on an older machine like mine, it runs like butter. You know. Now, have you done the action freeze yet, Brian? What's that? No, apparently not. What is that? <laughs> okay, so. Anytime you're in combat, there's a, there's actually an option for action freeze, and you can even do it as a toggle, a key toggle. And what it does is it puts the game into photo mode. It freezes all the action in place, and you can spin the camera around, take your screenshots, you know, have the UI completely off, and take your pretty screenshots with it. It's great. Oh, God. So it's like a wallpaper. They know how pretty their game is, and they're like, you want wallpaper? Here. Have, yep. have, oh, I have to use that now. Because it's such a pretty game, you guys. I can't imagine no, playing it with a... In I, combat. In combat with uh, a ton of ships around you. Do it. I and can't imagine... It freezes the action, so it's... Yeah. Yeah. No, I was just going to say, yeah, I can't right. imagine playing with a Hottis. It'd be, it'd be... It would feel so slow. Because that game is made for mouse and keyboard. That, it's so made for mouse and keyboard. Um, but I love how that the option is there. I love how the option is there. i got to try the track IR, actually, now. Um, so what would you, let's start, Jim, let's start with you. Uh, what do you think is your biggest, like, what would you say is the biggest surprise in space gaming this year so far for you? Like if either a game or a trend, you know, what comes to mind? Helium rain. Yeah. Okay. That's fair. Shocking. Yeah. Okay. So I've been on this podcast and for the last five years, I've been yelling that somebody needs to make railroad tycoon in space. Right. Sure. So, so what we got here, uh, Helium Rain is if you took X3 and Railroad Tycoon in space, and you kind of marry that together, and right. and it's a and it's a cool indie thing, and the the devs are like super responsive about this. Like, I've suggested a couple of features, and I'm looking at them in the game already, like two yeah. days later. Like we so, have we have the dev on our Discord and he is like super awesome, nice. I mean, all the devs we talk to are super awesome. I nice, have the like, I have the dev locked in my basement. <laughs> That's why I'm getting the response time. I gotta tell um, you, I'm I'm not a fan of the X Games because, like I've said, it feels like you're flying an office, like instead of a spaceship. Um, but with this game, I feel like an independent contractor who happens to own a spaceship. Yeah. And well, what goes on is 
that you'll get missions, right? It's very good about keeping the carrot on the stick. Mm. Okay? And, mm-hmm. and what it does, the, the uh, game, it gives you some tutorial missions, right? Where it guides you through like, okay, you, you got this ship. So go, go to this, go to the map and then click on that sector and then click on fly to, and then hit accelerate time. And, you know, it'll take, cause there is no faster than light here. Um, nope. It's like humanity, humanity went on a colony ship and they got to this planet and it's a gas giant and they set up like a base and some of the people kind of mutinied and we're like, screw that. We're taking the colony ship and leaving. So now these people are stranded and there is no going back. Right. So, so they're just, they're living out there. So there's uh, I think he said there's like 25 or 29 sectors that are out here, but they don't give them to you all at once. You kind of discover it. It unlocks as you progress through the game, um, which is good because like the economy in here kind of gets bigger, right? So it shows you a very small economy at first. It's like, okay, well there's, there's fuel and food and plastic, right? And this place needs plastic. So dock there, and it teaches you how to dock the ship, which is a manual docking. And if you thought docking in Elite was something, this is more like docking at the International Space Station, right? You got to bump noses. With but it's thing. still accessible. And, like they make yeah, it, it is. accessible, which is great. And it's keyboard and mouse controls, and the mouse controls are good. Um, so I have no, I have no uh, desire to hook a joystick up to play this thing at all. Um, I'm cool with WSAD and the mouse. Uh, there's uh, a lot of autopilot that can go on. In fact, what the first technology that I researched was the auto docking computer and I hit a button and my ship will just like fly across the sector and click onto the base and we're done. So while, while my ship is docking, this is the beauty of this game. You don't own just one ship, right? You can go to the shipyard and queue up a ship and the shipyard will be building ships for other people. Mm -hmm. So, uh, like other factions and stuff. And th- I see this diplomacy menu and there's like, I don't know, 10, you know, 14 other companies that are here. Um, and I have not gotten into conflict with them yet, but I've been docked to a station when they tried to, they decided like, Hey, we're going to invade and steal that station. That's crazy. Right. And, and I'm sitting there and what it reminds me of is uh, remember uh, children of a dead earth, whenever you're playing and it's like more, it's more NASA looking than Star Trek looking, right? Because the the ships are not like X wings and stuff, right? It's it's actually like a spaceship looks like a spaceship today, right? It's a it's a tube with you know like a cockpit on it, but it's there's no wings or, or any of that. The ship that you start with looks like the Soyuz. It's it's like a ball with a fuel yeah. tank bolted <laughs> on the back and a, and a little tiny rocket, right? And uh, yeah, so it, it's like whenever you fly somewhere, uh, it's like the waypoints you start out with, they're just in a ring around this gas giant because everything orbits the gas giant. And then there's uh, like four moons that I see so far of the gas giant, and those have places around them too. So it was like, well, I want to get a ship built. Um, this place ran out of steel. And then I pull up the commodity thing. Well, there's an economy menu that's right off of the orbit map. And I look at the economy and it's like, okay, I want to get steel. And I pull down the drop down and I click steel. And then it does the magic trick that elite can't figure out. It shows me every place that I could buy steel, every place that I could sell steel. 
and what all the prices are from the last time that I was there or, you know, however aware I am of the economy. Um, and I don't know if it updates that in real time or if I have to like have a ship go there at some point or what, but it gives you an initial uh, base figure of this is what things are. And it shows you like how much has the price changed in the last, you know, like month or whatever. Oh, this thing's up 4%. And you can tell, uh, and it also says like how much they have on hand, right? So there's one colony that's kind of getting desperate for food because they produce no food and they consume like 20 a day and they've got like 10 in stock right now. And then a mission popped and it was like, hey, here's a quest, pick food up from here, deliver it over there. And I don't have to do that because I own a second ship because I built the thing in the shipyard. Um, so what I did was uh, I go to the to the nav screen and I pick on the place where the food is because I looked on the economy screen. I know who sells it and who wants it. So I click on the the the. I, I keep wanting to say system, but it's sector because you're all in the same solar system. You never leave the solar system, I don't think. Um, so I click on the sector, and it's like fly there, dock with that farm, and buy food. And my ship takes off, right? It's very much like an X game in that way. And then when the ship gets there, it gives you, because I compress time a little bit, and I'm off flying. I'm doing another mission while this ship just autopilots out there. And then it docks, and I say, okay, buy this much food. Now fly over there and sell it. And at the beginning part, because it, it, uh, it releases function in the game in stages, right? So it teaches me like, okay, you bought a second ship. This is how to put it in a fleet. This is how to separate it out and put it in a secondary fleet by itself. Hey, now that it's in a secondary fleet, here's how you tell it to go somewhere. Here's how you remotely trade with it, stuff like that. But you have to control it every step of the way. Well, then after I do this mission and I've proven to the game, like, oh, I know how to do that. Then it says, oh, by the way, we got trade routes. And then what you can do, there's up to four stages that you can do in this thing. And it's it's like a trade route in Elite, right? Where I dock at this station, I buy commodity one, and then I fly to the next hop and I sell that and I buy commodity two. And then I fly to the next hop, right? And then it's a it's a it's a circle because I end up back at the first station, but I can do up to four stops. And just using the the price sheet, it's like I can figure out like who because it, it might be that oh well I could buy water, and then I can sell water for a really good profit. The problem is that people aren't huge consumers of water at this point, so. It's like, yeah, I can get a really good markup on it, but I can only sell like 100 units. Or, and, and the ship that I've got, you know, it can carry like 200 units on it. So it's like, well, that's not going to give me a full ship. But I could carry this other thing that sells for less profit, but I can carry more of it. And the trade route is is shorter, right? Because you're dealing with like days and weeks of travel time because this is this is very much like, I'm flying from, you know, earth to the moon. It takes a week and that's this game, right? It's like, I gotta, I gotta orbit around this place. This planet looks to be about the size of Saturn or Jupiter or something. Right. So it's like, I got to orbit around this planet to get to that station on the other side. That's going to take me six days or I'm going to fly out to this planet's moon. That's 14 days. So I got to think about that. Like how many trips can I make? How much profit per trip? Um, How much do they produce there? 
because it might be a profitable run, but I can haul it faster than they can make it. So I'm going to bleed the factory dry. And then I got to come up with another route because my ship will just sit there and wait till it fills up. So yeah, there, there's all this economy stuff going on and I'm playing this thing and I'm just like, I could never get into the X games because this stuff was just too obtuse. It, it's got mm-hmm. this going on and you yeah. can build, you can build stations, right? Like I'm waiting on a ship to get done. And, and this is the supply and demand thing of this economy. Again, there's a place called the forge. It makes steel huh, oddly enough, and they consume fuel and I can get fuel from a, a sector called the spire and th- more about that place in a minute. Um, so I get fuel from the spire and I bring it to the forge and that's, you know, they can refine their steel, but they need iron ore to do it. Well, the iron ore is getting mined off that planet and it trickles in. They only get like five units a day. Right. And I need like a thousand units to build this ship. So I'm going to be playing this game for a year before my ship gets built. So this sucks, but it's, but then the game's like, Oh, you know, you can build a station. Hey, if you uh, if you run enough of these quest missions and you get rewarded research points, um, you can unlock mining technology. Yeah, and you could build your own mining station, and you can be making the money for mining that iron that seems to be in such short supply. And that will also speed up the construction of your ship because now that factory is going to make much more steel. So you can do it in there and fix that problem, right? So it, it's kind of like, yeah, I'm looking at this and it's like, huh, okay, well, I want the ship and I have to get the steel, but he's short the iron. So I have to become the iron mine. Um, okay, well, how do I do that? Well, now I got to look at what, what contract missions I'm being offered that are going to pay off research points. So the carrot is on the stick and elite cannot do this to me. So it's, it's just, it's beautiful. And uh, it, it's, I don't know, the, the lore stuff isn't in here yet. So mm. there's, there's not a lot of flavor things. Uh, there's not a lot of description of the stuff. And I'm talking to the dev about like, yeah, you could put like all this stuff in there, but I know this is like late. It's like hammer out the mechanics now, but let's, you know, talk about like way down the road as this thing's wrapping up, here's like a whole bunch of stuff that you could put in here that, that would flesh this world out. Honestly, this game, uh, if you're a fan of the expanse, it, it kind of does feel like that. Yeah. It kind of does feel like that. Very much like the expanse. So it, it's not star Wars. It's the expanse mm-hmm. like the, and the ships. Oh, have you checked the box for the ship? Can't decelerate. Uh, you can only use the engine on the back. Yeah. There's a box under controls. You yeah. have to flip oh. 180 to slow down. Well, that's and, cool and if you want that. that way. I don't want yeah. that. That's cool you if you want op- that, though. You have an option. But it's the nice. thing is, though, if you, I, I think it's kind of irrelevant, though, because if you get going fast, like your your main engine puts out 10 times the thrust that your little attitude jets will do, right? And you're using the attitude jets on the front to slow down. So it'll take me 10 times more to slow down than it did to get to that speed, which is fine. Because if I'm going too fast, I'm going to just whiz right past the station that I want to dock at. And then I have to turn around and 
retro burn and then go back there. So, and then whenever you're doing docking, it's, it's just like, you know, I get this thing down to like one meter a second and you just kind of creep it up till it bumps, you know? Um, And then I put the auto dock thing on and I was just like, okay, well, that's a skill I don't need anymore. Um, (laughs) I still like doing it manually. I still like doing it manually once in a while just to keep fresh, but yeah. Oh yeah. You totally got the option. And if you jack up your ship and your docking stuff gets busted, then you're docking manual. Like mm-hmm. I, I had a exactly. ship. I, well, whenever they came in, okay. Like I was saying, the, like that children of a dead earth, whenever those ships in children of a dead earth are firing rail guns at each other, have you, have you, you've witnessed this, right? Where it, it it's like they're firing bullets, but it looks like lasers because it's just big red streaks. It's goddamn terrifying. When, it's goddamn terrifying. Yeah, and, and then whenever the bullets hit the armor, they actually ricochet. So it's it's almost like you have a, a fire hose of bullets hitting, and then they spray around, right? It's It looks almost like a sparkler. Um, yeah, that happens in here. So it's, it's oh, like wow. I had two ships that were shooting the shit out of the station that I was on, and I got hit by a ricochet, and it jacked my ship up. Oh, and, no. And like I lost like half a bar of thrusters off the front and then it's just like, Oh, I can't, I can't slow down. Oh, shit. <laughs> Bang, and I hit the station. <laughs> Cause it's like, I can't, I can't change course or anything. It's like, Oh God, I can't slow down. So if you hit the X key, the autopilot will invert the ship 180 degrees. And I mean, it's like playing asteroids at that point, whenever your right, front burners right. are out. So it's just like, I'm, I, I can't do anything, but the main engine in the back. And even that thing was screwed up. Um, but I'm hoping that there's stuff because there's like a crew life meter thing in here and, yeah. it, and it's kind of like you can get yourself killed, but the ship isn't destroyed. Hmm. I've seen ships like come out of combat with like chunks shot off and they're drifting, but they're, it's like the ship it's waiting on repairs, right? But it's just like drifting, tumbling dead through space. And, and it's like, that's oh, awesome. that's kind of cool. So it's like, all right, now I want an option. Cause it's like you screwed up. You showed me that now I want an option to specifically target components on a ship. Right. Um, but what this game reminds me of, and I gotta, I gotta just put this in front of Ken Burnside and just be like, Ken, this is it. Cause his game attack vector tactical in this game have a whole lot in common. <laughs> so yeah, th- this I, is like, I have a feeling this, this is, is more accessible. <laughs> Oh, it is. But if he made Attack Vector a, a PC game, it would look a lot like It'd this. Be a lot like this, yeah, it would be. Even some of the ships are shaped like that, right? I mean, it's like <laughs> yeah, it looks like the Discovery, but it's got guns sticking out the nose, right? And th- and that's the thing, right? It's not like pew pew lasers, you know. It, it's right. it's like they've they've got like mass drivers on them and stuff, and yeah, it's I'm I'm completely enamored with this game. Yeah, it's and it, re- it makes it's me really want to get the X games out and screw around with those again. You'll just be disappointed. Apparently, You'll just be apparently disappointed. there's a there's a lot of uh, development that's gone into the Star Wars mod, total conversion mod for X3. What? There is one? Oh yeah, that doesn't surprise yeah, me. Yeah, apparently, awesome. apparently, well, uh, I was I've been watching some YouTube videos, but apparently the developers put a lot of stuff out. So much so Ooh. that he's added a faux like planetary landing system. So what? it's very reminiscent. Well, it's very reminiscent of X-Wing versus TIE Fighter or X-Wing Alliance mods that essentially what it is, it's a, it's the um, like you enter a new sector and it's got a skybox that makes it look like you're um, on a planetary surface. 
and then it's just a giant space station essentially that is acting as the ground so like he was able to actually like dock on like a tower on coruscant for example this person was and um but it looked kind of like he was on coruscant but it was like a faux thing it's very kind of cool how they like how they did it you'll have to uh share like a link to that mod because i need to try that uh but hunter what would you say is your your uh, biggest surprise of this year so far um, you know, I, I honestly, I, I don't know. Like, I haven't really been playing a whole boatload of new games. Um, That's fair. I was, I was, I was shocked at how addictingly fun and frustrating uh, Player Unknown Battlegrounds was. Like that, that kind of took me for a, a surprise because I usually don't jump on like the latest trend games right away. But it was just so overwhelmingly like all over the place. I was like, well, I got to give this a try. And it, sure enough, it's it's pretty addicting. Um, I think the announcement and release of StarCraft Remastered was a bit of a shock. Um, I did not expect to see that. And the way they implemented it is also pretty cool. Um, so, yeah, I, I don't know. Like, it just... It, I'm I'm pleased with what I've been seeing out there as far as games are concerned, um, right. but I, I just don't think I've really been. Well, you've had a busy uh, year. You've had a busy year. Yeah, it's been an, it's been kind of like a weird year <laughs> for mm. me personally. But yeah, Spaz, what about you? What we, do you have a game that really took you by surprise this year? Well, um, a few. Uh, Icarus is definitely one of them. Because, well, yeah, there's just no question. It was, it came out of nowhere. And uh, Space Tyrant's another one, actually. Oh, right. Yes. And it just, I mean, that, I was not expecting it to be as good as it it was. I I wasn't expecting it to be bad either. It's just, I wasn't, I wasn't looking for a game that was just that good for what it is, you know, kind of a beer and pretzels kind of, uh, uh, strategy game, and yet there it was. It was it, I wasn't. I didn't know I was looking for a game like that until I found it. Yeah, I need to play more of it. It's it's really good. It's really really good, you guys. Space Tyrant. It's just it's it's got so much to it. It look it doesn't look deep, but it is. It it so is, and we did a pod. We did a podcast with them a little while back, so uh, go check that out. That was a lot of Phrasing. fun, actually. What? Oh, the thing that it doesn't look deep, but it is. Well, yeah, it looks it looks it looks kind of like a basic <laughs> yeah. game on the face of it, but like it's got so much going on. And it's very damage. accessible. Very yes. very accessible. Exactly. Well, it's like that Starfleet game that we had the guy on. Yeah, it's like. To, to me, it's like I loaded that thing up and I was just like, eh. And then when you guys got to play in it, it, it was just like, oh God, there's like all this crazy. That's yeah. I still have to, I still have to get that thing loaded up and screw around it's with it. So good. I, I, because of the aspect ratio of my monitor and it's locked oh. full screen, I had to put it on my laptop to actually play it. And oh. uh, yeah. Yeah. Technically, it's kind of an odd duck, but gameplay wise, it's so good. So that, might be, under the hook. that might be my biggest surprise of the year, honestly, is uh, Starfleet Armada. That game came out of nowhere, and it's like, 
scratched every 90s itch I have, just about. <laughs> it's just such good stuff. It's been a really great year, and it's only, again, only August. We still have four months left? September, yeah, four months. <laughs> Sorry. We have four months left of just who knows what coming out. Because, <laughs> like, there was a game that came out today that, like, none of us saw on the upcoming games list or whatever. I forget what it's called now. But that came out of nowhere. So just so many surprises this year, I think. Um, we should probably start wrapping it up. We've been going almost two hours. Uh, so, folks, uh, what? what's what up? Was, um, what's that other game that, uh, God, the one that's shocked me that's coming out this year, that Battlestar game. Oh, Battlestar oh, yeah, Galactica no. oh, yeah. uh, Deadlock. Yeah, that comes I've been up. hearing nothing but good things about that, like from the reviews and the people who have got like early access to it. I yeah, think, no, I think for me, that's even though I haven't played it yet. I think for me that I would have to say that's actually my biggest surprise was was seeing that who it was yeah. being developed by the yeah. gameplay style, uh, everything about it so far is looking promising. So and that comes I, out Thursday, even though I haven't I played it yet. Yeah, even though I haven't no, played it yet, I, I I think. I'm I'm looking. I'm definitely surprised and looking forward to it. Yeah, that comes out next week, uh, the 31st, I believe. So next Thursday, I think. Yeah, next Thursday. Um, I've been trying to get us copies of that. I'll just say, and I don't know why I'm being ignored. But anyway, because I want to play it. But uh, that's from the same guys who did Starhammer: The Vanguard Prophecy, which is a great game. So uh, they definitely have their ship-to-ship combat bona fides. So I am super excited to play that one. I'm right there with you. I cannot play that one. Wait to play that one. Oh, my God. So, uh, folks, that's going to do it for this episode. Uh, next week on the show, uh, we are going to have, like, a little while back, you may recall, we had um, Trevor Sorensen on, and he uh, helped create the Starfleet games from the 80s. Starfleet, Starfleet 2, Starlink. Oh, that guy? Yeah, well, we're having his partner on who worked on not only the Starfleet games, but the classic Empire uh, series, at least a couple of them. I think it was the first Empire, maybe Empire Deluxe. There were a few Empire games, if I recall. There was Empire, Empire Deluxe. I believe there was Empire 2. So Mark Baldwin, uh, one of the lesser-known Baldwins, probably, uh, will be joining us next week to talk uh, classic space and terrestrial gaming because he worked on the Starfleet games as well, uh, along with Empire, which if you don't know what Empire is, it's a very seminal um, strategy game. Like a lot of people think a lot of civilization, for example, came from the ideas in Empire. Uh, came out in the mid to late 80s. It was on like every platform back then. And it was one of the first stra- like grand strategy games that I played and uh, that I clicked with because it was very accessible for a game of its time. So uh, really looking forward to that. And uh, now that we're back on track for our Thursday streams, this coming week is board game night. So we're going to be playing some Ticket to Ride, the uh, hyper-competitive uh, train game that I'm hoping we still have a friendship afterwards because I cannot imagine <laughs> that game not being uh, virtual tables may be flipped. Yes, Those- yes, it looks it looks very competitive, very cutthroat. So that's going to be fun. 
Uh, so, folks, again, I want to thank you for your patience during the uh, hiatus. Uh, it was really nice having some time off, but I'm uh, super happy to be back. And uh, can't wait to talk to you all on Thursday. Thank you, everyone. We had a lot of people in the chat room. We had about 20 people in the chat rooms tonight uh, on YouTube, on Twitch, and, and Discord uh, talking about stuff. So thank you, everyone, for hanging out. And uh, thank you, everyone, for watching and listening. And we will see you uh, next week. Have a great one, y'all. Bye-bye. <laughs>